Thank you, Pastor Josh, for giving me the opportunity to share today. Speaking of Pastor Josh, we have some great lead pastors, don't we? Just let's show them some love. I believe we should honor those who, who are, are uh, due honor. And uh, the more I suck up to them, the more he lets me do this. So um, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Luke, the Gospel of Luke. We're going to spend some time there. Uh, we're going to be in chapter uh, 17. I'm flipping there with you. It's in the New Testament. I need some help, though. Uh, we're going to, I'm a student pastor, so I like to do things different. And I need, I need all my students, if you're in uh, middle school or high school, you're going to help me with the scripture. So uh, if if you're in middle, middle school or high school, not all at once, let's stand up. Just get all at once. Just come forward because uh, you're going to help me act this out. Um, come, come, come. Come quick. Okay. I, I need you guys over here and over there in that little spotlight there. You, 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 you. Shay, you're going to be Jesus. Thank, thank God. <laughs> Reflect Jesus. Okay. No, just kind of be in a group. How many, how many do we have? We have one, two, three, four. Uh, I need somebody that's younger. Trina, come help me. Uh, well, you look like a student. Come on. Uh, you're as tall as them. Uh, <laughs> you're just as tall as them. Uh, I need, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I need two more, two more, Any, anybody. Okay, Shay, you're going to be Jesus. You're going to be over here, Right? And so we need to make you look more like Jesus. So Jesus had a beard. This is what I need you to do. I need you to gather your hair up. up and you have, I brought one just in case. Because Jesus had a beard. Yep, just like that. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, do we, how many do we have? I need two more, two more people. Quick, quick. Anybody? Jeremy, come help. Gerard, help. Come on. Okay. Let's scoot. We're going to be in kind of just a crowd. We don't have to line up. Just mingle a little bit here. And, and Shay's Jesus. Here's Luke chapter uh, 17, the gospel of Luke. You don't have to mingle. We're not playing mingle yet. Yeah, we might, though. <laughs> Cue the music. I'm just kidding. Um, Luke chapter 17. Here Jesus is walking through the countryside. He's traveling uh, to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, um, check it out, it says this in, in verse 11, Shay, you're going you're gonna to be Jesus, so when Jesus talks, I don't think we're, I don't think that's right, but now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him, that's us, yeah. We have leprosy, we're outcast, we, we have uh, skin disease, um, we're gross. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, okay, we're going to call out in a loud voice, Jesus, Jesus. Master, have pity on us. Let's try that again. In a loud voice we said, Master, have pity on us. Have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, 
when he saw them, he said, boom. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Mark that. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. That would be me. I'm a, I'm a Samaritan. It says, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, where, where, where not, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was not one of them to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, he said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Let's give these guys a, a hand. Thank you guys for helping me demonstrate this. As you go, you are cleansed, my friends. You're cleansed as you go back to your seat. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. God, we love you. We thank you, Father God. And we just pray as these next few minutes, God, that you would just reveal yourself to us, God, that, that as we leave today, Father God, we would have a greater revelation of your love and your mercy and your grace in our life, Father God. And we just, we open our hearts to receive your word today, Father God. God, I just pray that I would decrease and you would increase in these moments, Father. We love you and we thank you. And we all said, amen, amen, amen. I want to ask you a question. You go ahead and put it on the screen. What if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you were grateful for today? Come on now. We're talking about gratitude today. What if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you were grateful for today? No one answer out loud because we would judge you. I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't judge here. We love. That's one thing we don't do is judge. We love. But it is a good question to ask ourselves. What would we have tomorrow? What would we not have tomorrow if we woke up and we only had the things we were grateful for? Some, some of us, we wouldn't have our job. Somebody quietly said, amen. (laughs) Some of us wouldn't have a job. Some of us, maybe it's a spouse. You'd wake up tomorrow and you wouldn't have your spouse. Come on now. Some of us wouldn't have our car. Who knows, cars sometimes can be a, a pain. I wonder if some of us would have our salvation. I wonder if some of us wouldn't have our healing, our blessing. Come on, what, what is it that you wouldn't have tomorrow? We have to ask ourselves, because really gratitude and thankfulness isn't just for November. It's a, a thing that God teaches us and, and, and commands us to do all the time. Gratitude is a powerful thing in our lives. Write this down. Positive people are grateful people. Positive people are grateful people. Uh, I, in my life, uh, have a proclivity to be negative. I, I, 
I, I don't know why. It's just my DNA makeup. I am a negative Nancy uh, by nature and my flesh. I, I, I you know, every, it's just who I am. And I have to discipline myself. Or as Rhiannon calls me sometimes, she's like, you're being a grumpus. And I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, yeah, you are. And I'm like, okay, I am. But I have to check myself. But I, I, I think a lot of us are... Some people uh, have that proclivity to the negative, and and we we tend to forget to be grateful sometimes in our life. Man, we are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. Man, we have a God that loves us so much. Come on now, we have a God that that gave Himself for us. He, we have a God that left every splendor of heaven. He, he left literally, think about this, every splendor of heaven, gold streets, no pain, no suffering, no hunger, no, no fat. Come on. Amen. Uh, and he left all of that wrapped himself in flesh was born, not of a King, not in a palace. We had to have a God that left a throne in heaven and wasn't born to King Herod in this magnificent palace. He was born in a major to these poor people. And grew up working hard. I mean, we have a lot to be grateful for. And then he went to the cross and, and, and took our place. He made a way where there is no way. I mean, we have a lot to be grateful for. If we put it in context... And in this scripture, we see that Jesus is traveling, and, and with his crew, he has his disciples. She didn't have a crew, but we know that she does. Jesus had his disciples. They're traveling uh, through the border of Galilee and Samaria. And Samaria wasn't a place that the Jews really went. Uh, they, they were, so the Samaritans were outcasts. They didn't associate with, with the Jews in the time, the Israelites, because uh, they believed in different things. Uh, and we won't go into that, but, but Jesus happens upon 10 men with leprosy. This condition which they were unclean, they were outcasts, they were, they were in this wilderness part of the countryside because they weren't allowed with everyone else. They were, they were rejected from mainstream society because of their condition. They, were, they, they felt alone. They, were, they couldn't be a part of everything else because they have le- leprosy and they're out there and they, they, they're probably desperate. Come on. And, and, and they had this, this condition. First point, Jesus sees their condition. Jesus sees their condition. Jesus knows your condition. They were far off. It says that that he was walking through the the wilderness and and they were far off, yet he saw their condition. Today, I don't know where you are in your walk with God. You may be far off. You may be close to Jesus. I don't know, but Jesus sees your condition. Leonard Ravenhill in in the book Why Revival Tarries is a great book. If you ever want to read an amazing book by an amazing amazing evangelist, uh, Why Revival Tarries is uh, life-changing. Besides the Bible, the Bible is is life-changing, but this book is one of my favorite books. But he says this. He says, there are three persons living in each of us. 
The one we think we are. The one other people think we are. And then the one God knows we are. He sees your condition. You can come in church today with your church clothes on. I suited up, trying to look nice for you guys today, so you, you know, so you, you might receive the gospel from me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but we put our church clothes on, and we put our smile on. We come to church. Praise God, brother. Blessed and highly favored, you know. We put our, our, our best face on, put our best foot forward. We see each other in the lobby. We're getting coffee. Amen. Praise God for coffee. Especially when you get a little puppy and she wakes you up at 2.30 a.m. and licks your face and is barking. And I'm not not a cutter. I just have a, a puppy that is teething and thinks my hand is something to bite on. Um. Praise God for coffee. Uh, but God knows your condition. We can, we can fool everyone in here. We can fool our friends. We can get on Facebook and, and post things. We can, whatever. We can fool people, but we cannot fool God. God knows your condition this morning. God knows your condition. It's okay. Can I say that? It's okay. God knows what you're going through. That's good news. God knows my condition. Man, he knows exactly what, we go, what we're going through. Even, even when we put on our church clothes and our fake smiles or whatever it is, God knows. God knows. He knows where you are. And then he loves you. He loves you more than just to leave you there. Check this out. The ten lepers, not only did he know their condition, he, he heard their cry. They're they far off. They're far off, and they said, Master, Master, have pity on us. They said, Hey, Jesus, we're not okay right now. And Jesus not only knew their condition, he heard their cry. Can I tell you that Jesus hears your cry this morning? Jesus not only knows your condition, he knows where you are, he knows what you need, he hears you. Come on now. That's a good spot to say amen. amen. He hears you. He hears your cry. He knows your condition. He hears your cry. They called out to Jesus. I love this story because they're calling out to Jesus. He knows their condition. But then he didn't just hear their cry and just keep going about their business. He didn't just hear their cry, know their condition, and, and keep going to Jerusalem. He stopped. He stopped and, and looked at him. And check this out. He says, he says, he says, go. He goes, go and show yourself to the priest. And the, the word says that not instantly they were they were cleansed. Because a lot of times we read the word and in, in, in our in our heads we we kind of picture something. And for the longest time I just kind of thought, man, they were cleansed. But then I began to read and, and really study the scripture, this context and and they were, it says that they, they were cleansed as they went. It wasn't this instantaneous thing. It was a process. Come on. God knows where you are. Andy hears your cry. And I feel like God is telling some people today, go. 
We want something instantaneous to happen, but it's going to be a process. Come on, it's going to take faith. It's not going to, we're crying out to Jesus, Jesus, have pity on me. And he's saying, go. And we turn and we want to go. We want something instant to happen because we live in an instant society. We want, we want to be in the drive-thru. We don't want to wait more than two minutes, right? We, we want the people at Chick-fil-A to have like five people there waiting. I'm like, uh, spicy chicken sandwich, well done, amen. And uh, a large Coke Zero. And they're like, we want extra, you want the fries large? I'm like, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm watching my, my figure. But give me three Chick-fil-A sauces you know, because I'm going to, um, where was I? Amen. The worst part is, the worst part is, you're going to leave here and you're going to want Chick-fil-A and they're closed. You're welcome. Um, but we want something instant, right? We want to put it in the microwave for two minutes and it, it, a hot pocket and it, it's instant. We want things instant. We want things now. We want to turn on the TV and it's now. We want to go to, the, to Amazon, order something, and it shows up to your door. We want, we want stuff instant. We live in an instant society, which we've conditioned ourselves. If you want something, uh, information, where do you go? You go to your phone. It's instant. Back in the day, they actually had to go to the library, right? We just Google it. I, I'm the smartest person on earth because I have Google. If I don't know, I just Google it. I don't even have to type it in. I just hit Siri up and say, hey, Siri. Google who's the best college football team in the world. My web search turned something up for who's the best college football team in the world. She said UGA. I'm just saying. I don't know. That's what I heard. I'm praying for the interpretation. Um, we, we get things instant, man. You know, I literally, I don't even have to touch my phone. I just say, hey, Siri, what's the forecast for today? It's currently partly cloudy and 62 degrees in Douglasville. Sky starting in the afternoon, then rain tonight. Today's high will be 73 degrees. And the low will be 60. Thank you. <laughs> Instant. We don't have to wait till 5 o'clock for Ken, for Ken Burns to come on the, ra- on the television to tell us what the forecast is. Literally, we don't even have to touch our phones. We just call out to them. Come on now. They were far off and they, they said, hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Have pity on us. He said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now check this out. These were men that were unclean, ceremonial unclean, and Jesus is telling them to go show themselves to the priests. They had to have faith to turn and begin to walk this process out. Come on. They had to have faith because they hadn't seen results yet before they turned. They, They didn't have the results yet. But they turned and began to walk towards the cure. Come on. They, sometimes in our life, we haven't received the cure yet, but Jesus is saying it's going to be a process. 
And it's gonna, you're going to have to begin to walk. And as they walked, they began to be cured. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. And see, if, if they were walking and they, they showed up to the priest and they weren't cleansed yet, this could have been bad. This could have been real bad. Back then, it, they, they had the, the, the Levitical law. And they had to stay outside the camp. They had to stay outside society until they were cleansed. But Jesus said, go and show yourself. And so they began to walk. And if they would have got there and, and they weren't cleansed, they would have been possibly stoned, possibly killed, possibly because they would have made the priests that they were showing themselves unclean. And possibly, look, look, check this out. Jesus was a priest. He was a, he's the high priest now, but he was, he was a rabbi back then. He was a pri- not a priest, he was a rabbi, teacher of the law, a man of God, and, and they were far off because they didn't want to make Jesus unclean. And I think sometimes we're so concerned about our condition, we want to stay over here. We're like, Jesus, I don't want to get too close because you don't know what I've, what I've done, right? We, we're like, uh, I'm not sure about going to church because I ain't got my stuff together yet. I don't have my life together yet. And they're like, I, I'm, I'm going to be over here. And we kind of want to talk to Jesus, but we're like, from a distance, we're like, ah. Uh, but the good thing is Jesus, like we already said, knows your condition. Come on. He knows your condition. He hears your cry, and the cure is in your faith. Your cure is in your faith. They, they turned and they began to walk. They didn't have their stuff together yet. They weren't completely healed yet, but they began to walk. They began to, to, as they walked, as they walked out in faith, as they began to this process, they began to be cleansed. They began to be cleansed. Now check this out. They get to the priest, they're cured, and one comes back. The one. The condition, the cry, and the cure. Out of ten, there was one. Someone say the one. The one. This man was a Samaritan. They considered him a half-breed. They considered him less than. If you're a Potter fan, don't admit it, but uh, they would call him a mudblood. Half-breed. Less than. Outcast of the Samaritan. And the Bible points out that this man was a, a foreigner or a Samaritan. And from that, we can presume that the other nine were actually probably Israelites. They were probably actually Jewish men. It's funny to me that the one that is an outcast, the one that wasn't really that familiar with Jesus, the one that the other nine were, were already Israelites or already Jewish, and Jesus had some notoriety back then. At, at this time, he had already kind of risen to, to being well-known, and, and the other nine already knew Jesus, right? They were familiar with Jesus. But the Samaritan was was outcasted from Jesus. He was not supposed to be near Jesus. But who came back? The Samaritan. The Samaritan. 
Sometimes I feel like the more familiar we're with something, the less grateful we are for it. Come on. The one person that came back was the Samaritan. Where was there, Jesus said, where's the other nine? Only you came back? And get this, this wasn't like, we read this all in like one little section, but this wasn't just, this didn't just happen. They, they didn't get in their, their vehicle, drive down to the local church and be like, I'm clean, you know, like, and then like turn around and go back to Jesus. Like they walked and they traveled and this was days. This process was days. This process happened for a long period of time. And this Samaritan didn't just happen upon Jesus. The Samaritan didn't just go back to the same spot where Jesus was because Jesus wasn't at that same spot. He was probably already in Jerusalem. He, he went back, he, he was cleansed, and he sought Jesus out to praise Jesus. Come on. Sometimes our, our gratitude uh, needs to become a verb. When we begin to be grateful, we begin to do things. Our gratefulness begins to, to become an action. I was telling Rhiannon, and I'm just going to be 100% right now. Uh, we've been married 15 years. We've been dating. We dated three years before we got married because we were best friends. Friend them before you marry them. Kids, remember that? Um, because you're going to be there. It should be a long time you're going to be with them. So you better like them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so we were together. We've been together a while. And I, was, I, was, I told her the other day, I was like, you know, honestly, I was like praying and preparing for this. And I said, uh, sometimes I probably just from sheer familiarity and just being together, I, you know, I'm probably not as grateful for you as I should be. She goes, oh, I love you so much. She probably didn't. I think the dog was actually trying to eat my face off. Uh, but, uh, but it's true. And I, and I did tell her, I said, look, I, I really do just appreciate you and, and love you and, and, um, because she, my wife is amazing and, and things that, you know, that I've become used to that, that I should be grateful for. I should, you know, what, what, do, what, do, what are we not going to have tomorrow if we weren't grateful to today? You know what I'm saying? Like, as we grow in the church, and maybe you've been saved for a long time. Maybe you've been saved your whole life. I didn't grow up in the church, but I've been saved since I was 16. I wonder how much, if we've lost our, our gratitude for our salvation, for what really Jesus did. Come on, as we grow and we become familiar with things, and things begin to uh, become mundane, I mean, it's just, it's, it's natural. It's a natural thing for us to do. We have to be actively remind ourselves to be thankful. We have to remind ourselves. I, I stand in awe that Jesus saved me. I really do. And I, I think back and I, I'm like, man, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Nisha about this uh, yesterday. And just, I just stand in awe because Jesus, God had his hand in so many different things. And I'm so grateful for even the, the, the tough experiences I went through. It was, it was to get me to a certain spot. I wouldn't have met Mike Hoff if I wouldn't have lost everything when I was 16. If my family wouldn't have lost everything and I had to go live with my aunt and uncle, which wasn't a great experience. I love them. I love them to death. But it wasn't, it wasn't great. And 
at that time, it was, it was a tough thing to swallow. But now I look back in my life and I realize that Jesus had his hand in all that. And I have to be grateful. Man, I thank God for, for what he's done in, our, in my life. And as I, as I close the next few minutes, man, the substance of worship is gratitude. The substance of worship is gratitude. The Bible says that he looks for those who are going to worship in spirit and truth. Man, the substance of our worship should be gratitude. The substance of our worship, this, this Samaritan came and threw himself at Jesus' feet. And look at the last line in verse 19. He said, Then he said to him, to him Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. But this is the second time he said this to the man. And I wonder, and I'm probably towing on a little bit of eisegesis here, and I don't want to read into anything the scriptures that's not there. But I wonder why Jesus said this to them, to this man twice. Because he said as they went, they were cleansed. And then this man came back and he threw himself at Jesus' feet. He said, thank you. He worshiped Jesus. And then Jesus said to him again, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I wonder if this man kept his blessing and the other ones didn't because they didn't actually worship Jesus for the blessing. I wonder why it happened twice to this man. I don't know about you, but man, God is worthy of our worship. Come on. I don't care what you've been through, where you are. Man, I just, I thank God for, for Shannon and them. She's, she's been through awful couple weeks, and she's here today worshiping Jesus. We're praying for you. We love you so much. And you know, the Bible says that I'm just going to take a side note here as, you know, the ch- church really, really stepped up in, in a great way. And I was proud of our church too. And the Bible says that they'll know that you're my disciples by what? The love you have for each other. Come on. Man, we just need to be, we need, we need to be grateful for, for, for God. And maybe, maybe you're, you're feeling like a a leper and you're far off and you're, or maybe you've been crying out to Jesus and you don't feel like he's really heard you. Can I tell you that Jesus hears you? He hears you. You, You may feel like you're out there saying, Jesus, Have pity on me. Look, Jesus knows your condition. I promise you, whether you feel it or not, Jesus hears your cry. And your cure, your cure is in the faith. Your cure is in, in the faith. And sometimes that cure is a process. Sometimes it's not instant. 
May, and sometimes it is. I'm not saying that God can't. God is a, a miracle working God. And God can come down and heal that heart in an instant. But for me, a lot of times where I find healing, where I find things, is in a process that, uh, uh, that God is teaching me. Come on. God has called you to go. And it's a process. Every eye bowed, eye bowed. Every head bowed, eye closed. Gratitude. Gratitude will be the difference maker in your life. Come on, we all have something to be thankful for. We all, we all have something to be grateful for that God's done in our life. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you feel far off. Maybe you feel like the leopard that, that you have things in your life that, that ha, are displeasing to God. And you feel like you've, you've been outcasted and you don't feel close to God. You feel like you're from a distance. You're, but you're saying, God, have pity on me. Look, the Samaritan didn't stay at a distance. He found his cure and then came at the feet of Jesus and, and was close to Jesus. We don't have to stay far off from God. You don't have to stay at a distance with Jesus. He knows your condition. He's saying, go and then come back to me. Come back to, to laying yourself at my feet. If you're far from God this morning and you feel like you're crying out to God, can I tell you, He's already made a way. He, he, it's called the, the cross. It's called the crucifixion of Jesus. It's called the blood of Christ that, that covers all sins. That covers all sins. He's already made a way. God, I'm going to count to three and I'm, I just, I'm not going to call you out this morning, but I just want to know who I'm, who I'm praying for. If you feel far from God and you have things in your life that displease God I want you just to to slip up a hand look up acknowledge me somehow somehow however pretty really subtle no one looking around I'm gonna count to three one two this is your this is your moment this is your moment God's speaking to you right now three